Hi everybody, this is Greg, and before we start the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors. The first is the Booth Summit, an event being held in Huntington Beach, California, August 14th through 16th. The idea is simple. I go to a lot of conferences and meetings, and I learn a hell of a lot and network a hell of a lot with uh, executives and vendors and organized real estate. The relationships and learning have served me well throughout my career, but I don't really see a lot of people that are doing some of the real work. The support and trainers at MLS and organizations and large brokers is that deal directly with agents. So I wanted to create an event just for them. An event where they could learn about what goes into designing and making cloud agent suite products, product roadmaps, sharing best practices on supporting software, and meet and develop relationships with other people in the industry with the same job they have. And I wanted to make it fun. So that's what the Boost Summit is all about. So if you have any support or training staff members, you want to show some love, have them join us in Huntington Beach. Please sign up at boost.cloudagentsuite.com. Tickets are going fast, so sign up today. Also, I'm excited to announce from Rob Hahn, the notorious ROB comes the notorious VIP. As a notorious VIP member, you'll get exclusive access to Rob's intelligent analysis, commentary, and op-ed style posts. The Notorious VIP is a monthly subscription, so please sign up at notorious-rob.com forward slash notorious-vip. I'll put a link to both sponsors in the show notes. Also, if any of your listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertson at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and now on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to a special, or really another, edition of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is special because we're in the same time zone, I think. Greg, are you are you there? Hola, Rob. <laughs> You're really living up to the queen of the gossip thing, aren't you? <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you've, you've gone to Vegas. Yeah, I you've have gone, gone Vegas. Vegas. Gone I'm recording this from the desert. And uh, it's really actually nice to be in the same time zone, you know, so. Yeah, this is great. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully this means, uh, because I think, I think you're only like a three and a half hour drive from me. Well, it depends on traffic for sure, right? And uh, I will tell you right now, the drive to Vegas is much better than the drive back. All right, well then, you can come here. We'll hang out by the pool, record some podcasts and, you know, talk shit about whatever. uh, (laughs) Hey, welcome to- We have pools uh, here too, man. What's that? (laughs) We have pools here too. And uh, uh, welcome to uh, the most innovative podcast in the industry, right? Or one of them at least. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's been nominated. We don't know if it's most yet, right? <laughs> well, I know. We're, we're, probably, we're probably going to get our asses kicked actually uh, on stage and all. But uh, honorable but mention, yeah. It is coming up. And, uh, you know, since Las Vegas is now my hometown, I'm looking forward to uh, not hosting. <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, thank you to Brad Inman for moving the conference out of the Tenderloin in San Francisco, because uh, I've been agitating for that for quite a few years now. So I'm really glad to see that it will be happening. So this is kind of our pre-Inman Connect podcast, right? right? That's what we're going for. Okay, I like that. Right, where we will either uh, be crowned in glory or go down in ignominious defeat to other innovative podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it might be soul crushing that's right so what are we I'm looking a, forward I to i have some favorites on there i mean I, 
Oh, what's your favorites? Well, I, I have some favorites on there on on in the category we're announced, but I'm not going to say them. But I, I have some favorites. It's it's tough because there's people we know on there that we like. Oh so yeah, it's, it'll be fun. Absolutely, know? and I really think if Emily were to cuss more. You know, should have a much better shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. So, uh, apart from the partying and the karaoke, uh, what are you looking forward to most from it? Well, you know, as a Inman Connect aficionado, I think I've been to all but one. Right. Um, honestly, I like Brad's kind of kickoff speech because to me that kind of sets a tone. Yep. And and this is back in the day when he when he talked about the latte vision, which that could be what was really kind of a prediction of the iBuyer stuff. Yeah. But he always kind of comes up with something and sets a tone and uh, delivers that. I know he spends a lot of time on that kickoff uh, general session speech. So I definitely look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then looking through, you know, they've got a lot of great speakers this this year. So looking forward to hearing from those. And I kind of like, I'll check those, mark those off if I can. But, you know, overall, it's just the networking, right? It's seeing people you haven't seen in a little bit and then catching up with them, we were talking about this the other day. It's, it's in Vegas at a, you know in a casino, but there's no real central lobby bar or whatever. But I, you know, reading some of the stuff that uh, they've been releasing is that they're setting up some areas where people can conjugate yeah, right. everything else. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But uh, really, it's the people and the networking that and the hallway conversations that I'm having there that I, that I really really enjoy. Yeah, man. And seeing what's new. Definitely. I mean, startup alley is kind of fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward you? to it. Same thing, pretty much. You know, I have a bunch of meetings and a bunch of dinners. And, you know, like you said, I, it's the content is, is the content, but it's the one-on-ones and the private, you know, hallway conversations and those things that really result in the greatest sort of insights, right? I mean, I, I think I've, you and I might have coined the term LobbyCon, you know, about this from years ago, because that's where the action is in the lobbies. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, lobbying itself means... That's what they used to do in Washington was meet in the lobby right. of hotels. LobbyCon is almost redundant, really, <laughs> <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> anyway, so there are some topics that I think yeah. we're looking forward to. And yeah. I think we resolve that in order to drive our popularity, we're going to argue some on this podcast because people like it when we fight. <laughs> right, right. No, they do. So, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. well, here, here's a question I'll start off with, right? I mean, yeah. I think you wrote three posts about this, right? And I've just been curious. Yes. And I made yes. a comment on one of them. And what you were going after was this kind of dissection of Real Scouts biograph. Yep. And some of the stuff that, you know, Andrew's been put out, I think he's nominated, actually, uh, Real Scouts nominated for their biograph concept. Yep. And you know what I can't understand is is that, and again I think I think one of the posts if I counted correctly it was like three thousand words so you've you've probably written ten thousand words on this t- topic of how you think that if Real Scouts Biograph Initiative actually gets some legs that it could be like the end of MLS almost it's as you put it you 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 likened it to Thanos and getting the you know all the freaking yeah. uh whatever stones they infinity are, right? stones um, in the gauntlet yeah and yeah infinity stones in the gauntlet right and i just thought <laughs> to myself i mean you know poor andrew in a sense poor the staff at real scout where you're basically telling mls's to shut them down yeah right? i think that was one of your things there and then 
And I'm thinking to myself, well, why pick on Real Scout? I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the reason. It's like, I think you could point at any company. You could look at, you know, buy side, you could look at Zillow's estimate, you could look at, you know, open door. And if you could, you could make an argument like if their strategy actually works out, that's the end of MLS. That's the end of this thing. Anybody's thing, anybody's strategy could kind of play out to be some sort of like a nuclear option for the industry. Why the fuck, you know, pick on fucking a smaller entity like, <laughs> like Real Scout, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was worth three Rob Hahn posts to basically yeah. like, you know, I mean, yeah. just right. fucking surgically kill them and not kill them, but I mean, just, you know, just dissect no. them to a point of like, so, so let, let me point out. How plus, plus right. we know Andrew, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy's, you know, he's, he's just trying to fucking make it work, man. I know, but so, so let, let, let me, let me explain. Let me clarify. All right. So first of all, Andrew Flackner is one of my favorite people in the industry, right? Well, I mean, not not, not when he spent 10,000 words writing like <laughs> for everybody to shut down his fucking company. No, but that's not that's not what I actually said. That's not actually what I wrote. Uh, so, listen, I can, don't make me go to the fucking blog no, right you can now go and to say, the fucking blog hey, MLS, MLS just should call him. Dude, you know, I literally have a post called Peace Be Upon You, a path oh, forward for well, real stuff. That, that was the third post no, you was, wrote, well, dude. Yeah, the New, York, the New York biograph thing was just like bad, you know? So let, let's let yeah, a couple things. Number one, Andrew Flackner is one of my favorite people. He's brilliant. He's a good guy. There's not a mean, nasty bone in his body. Seriously, I admire the man. I mean, he's just one of my favorites. Okay. So start from there. <laughs> man, no, I mean, there. I don't want to be, I'm not sure I want to be one of your friends, dude, but okay, go you ahead. You are one of my friends. And, and I know, I'll, no, I'm worried now. <laughs> here's the thing if Cloud CMA went forward with like some strategy or marketing, Spiel. My point is, my point is that any any strategy no, you could, if you want to play out, that's it could point. be some conspiracy no, theory that no, it could. It's fucking... not a conspiracy theory. Uh, it's, all right, it's okay. literally what you said. Okay? okay. So when I took Andrew down, the problem was, and you know, look, I, I think I mentioned I talked to James Dwiggins about this. I mean, I don't think he intends it this way. I don't think Andrew meant to, you know, suggest that what they were doing was was this sort of, you know, nasty evil thing. But fact is, he did write the goddamn thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he did write about, like, superpowers and competitive advantage and all this stuff and how either you're going to get it. The issue, as I see it, is Biograph, the way that Andrew's trying to sell this to brokerages is by saying that this is going to get you superpowers, right? That by using something like Biograph, buyer demand data, you can get enough market share so you can literally make the market. And what does that mean in real estate? It means you're going to have exclusive listings and you're going to have in-house buyers, which then leads to advantages in recruiting that no one else who's not part of this can achieve. I mean, that's literally what the man wrote. Okay. Let me put it to you this way. You're obviously one of my best friends in the industry. If Cloud CMA came out and said something along the lines of, if you join us, that's going to lead to exclusive listings in-house buyers that no one else can get, which is going to help you have this enormous competitive advantage in recruiting and retention. So you can go and rape and pillage all the other brokers in your market. I'm going to call you out on it. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like you wrote that. You actually said that, right? That's not a mistake. That's not a conspiracy theory. I'm not reading between the lines. Like you literally wrote those words. So as far as Andrew's concerned, what I'm saying is he actually wrote those words. My take on it, my interpretation, especially after talking to Dwiggins, is I don't think he meant it. 
I think he was just trying to, you know, sell Biograph and get brokers excited about joining the network and so on. And, you know, as he said in one of the comments and clarified, it's not like membership in Biograph is limited, right? He said it's open to everybody. So I think it was just he got overly excited about trying to position Biograph, trying to sell Biograph to a lot of people. And he's been having a lot of success with it. The thing that I had to point out, though, is that piece about exclusive listings in-house buyers. So it's really not even about Andrew. It's actually really about the MLS. And I got to tell you, I just, I just did a, um, a presentation at the HAR event day before yesterday at their big YPN mastermind event when I pointed this out. The issue is if coming soon, if exclusive listings, if pocket listings, you know, these types of things, top agent network, all these types of things have gone past the point of where these are you know, sort of specialized, unique marketing programs for special, unique situations into more of a general system. It's a program at the brokerage level like a, like Compass is doing. And because Compass is doing it, I don't know if you know this, but Howard Hanna just launched their own version of this. And I'm looking at this going, okay, it's just a matter of time before we see Realty doing the same thing, Home Services doing the same thing, Keller Williams, Remax, like all these companies now have to do the same thing. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay before That's we start going on the whole coming, coming soon thing, let me just close this Real Scout thing, right? So okay. just as I understand what you're saying. So because Andrew wrote this, yes, right, and you, you now think that it's kind of unintended. Correct. I don't you know, think he intended circumstances, like that. Right. right. That's what gave you the wherewithal to write something in response to that, you know, video and, and, the, and the writing that he did, right? But my point would be is that there's a lot of initiatives out there that could threaten the MLS, sure. open door, right? Sure. Um, a lot of things. I don't think you've written three posts about these bigger companies with these bigger, with a lot more capital and revenue. It wasn't, you haven't done the takedowns I just thought it was an overreaction to this smaller company. It, it's possible. This nice guy. It's, it's possible. But here's what I'm pointing out. Open Door, Zillow, all these guys, if they're going to do a programmatic coming soon program, then I'm going to take them down too. But it's not even a takedown. But I mean, on, but, but I I mean to me- out. It's not even a takedown. The real issue here is what are the industry, brokers, agents, leaders, MLS is, you know, what do we want the MLS to be? Okay. All right. So, so that, hold on, really hold on. No, let's, let's talk about coming soon. That's for, I just, I, I wanted to just kind of yeah. get your, your vibe on where you were coming from. Yeah, real, no, no, I understand and, that. Yeah. And I, mean, I want to yeah. point something out. Like I'm a huge fan of real scout. And as I said, in my second post on this, if real scout were to change their marketing pitch, if they were just to change the messaging to, this isn't about competitive advantage against over and against other brokerages. This is about customer service delivery to buyers and to sellers, then that's something I can get behind 100% and go to all of my MLS clients and be like, you should do this at the MLS level because now it's about consumer service delivery, not about recruiting advantages at in-house listings. Do you see what I'm saying? So I've said that and I wrote that. I put that in freaking print. And if Andrew were to come out and say, you know what, I, I was a little hasty and I didn't really mean it like that. Of course, what I mean is let's all do this so we have all the buyer demand data so we can service our clients better Dude, like that's the program everyone should be doing. Okay. Right. All right. So let's, 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 I mean, we've already segued a bit, but let's, yeah. let's segue. Cause I just, I mean, ugh. I mean, when you start <laughs> talking about fucking coming soon, it's just like, 
and I, I wrote this as a comment in there yeah. to one of them, is just, and you know, I'm very surprised still how the inventory is very, very light here, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know if this is, is this just the future or the new normal or this is, I do believe this is just a function of the market and the market is, okay. you know, low on supply right now. It's been low on supply yep. in other years, but it always comes back to a buyer or a seller market. And that yep. that tends to lead to a supply demand type of thing. So when I hear you talk about another is like, oh, the coming soon and these everybody's gonna have their own private networks and and you know, I know they're there and, and it's just gonna take on and then there's no thing with MLS. It's like I just know, you know, these pocket listings, whatever you want to call them, as soon as the market turns, right? Right. Everybody flees back to the MLS because their buyers call them and go, I want my fucking property sold. What the hell are you doing? How come I don't see it here, 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 and here? And they're going to go put those things back on the MLS as soon as possible. So all this stuff, all this kind of like the sky is falling thing with coming soon to me is just overreaction because the market's going to correct Maybe. at some point. And when that corrects, Maybe. you know, they're going to go to the MLS again. And this, all this fucking thing, all the nonsense we've been talking about is going to be moot. Here's where I'm going to disagree with you, okay? So then this is something I brought up, again, at the uh, YPN event. I wish they had recorded it. That would have been cool. But here's, here's the issue. Keep in mind that I came out of commercial real estate. Like when I first got into the real estate industry, I was actually working at Coal Bank Commercial. So I came out of the commercial side of things, okay? I got to tell you, Greg, there are ups and downs in the market in that world too. But guess what? They don't have an MLS. Why is that? It's because in commercial, as my mentor, you know, who sort of taught me everything I know about commercial real estate, as they put it, if it's on the internet, it has hair on it, right? Commercial real estate's always done things the way that if you were coming soon or top agent network or what have you will, because it's a totally different industry. But in that world, if you have a prime property, if you have a real sweetheart, it never hits the quote open market. It never hits the internet. It always gets handled in-house through, a you know, whatever network of you know, old boys clubs or whatever they got going on, right? And that's always been the case. So my deal- But that's a limited, you're talking about a small- Small. Commercial real estate ain't that small, bro. I'm talking talking about if you're making the jump from commercial to- No, no, no. I'm going to make that jump because I think this is really critical. So let's, let's just fast forward, okay? Let's just say three years from now, everybody has a coming soon program. Again, this is not just a- you know, on a one-off, hey, this house really needs a shit ton of work. So I'm going to need to take two weeks to really, you know, put this in shape. This is now every single listing that we take is going to first go into our coming soon program. And you don't think that's been happening forever? Not as a program, not forever. It's been happening more and more. And let's let's face it. I think agent teams have been doing this more and more before some of the brokerages gone on. I'm saying now we're we're facing what we're looking at are are major brokerages with major market share saying our program, our process is it's going to get marketed privately first and then hit the MLS if we can't sell it. That's what the program is. That's what Compass is coming soon is. That's what Howard Hanna's program is. And that's what any other brokerage level, company level programs like this will be going forward. Okay. Now, it may be good for those companies. It might be good for those agents. There might be lots and lots of reasons why they want to do that, which is fine. All I'm pointing out is if we do that, then the MLS becomes you know, the place where properties with hair go on. It becomes the dumping ground for the stuff you couldn't sell using coming soon or top agent network or whatever else you got. In that context, I want to point something out. One of the presentations I heard at the HAR YPN event 
was from an agent, a top agent in Oakland named Kenny, Kenny Fast, Kenny Trong. Uh, he works for Climb. And he points out that in, in San Francisco, Oakland, and the Bay Area, Compass has something like 38% market share. Right. Okay. What that says is 38%. Now, this this is a great example to use, the San Francisco Bay Area. Dude, this is what you're basing your fucking argument on is San Francisco Bay Area? No, no, no. I'm saying this is is what the future then is. 38% of listings in that market then means it goes onto Compass before it hits any open market, number one. Number two, as a result, what Kenny himself said is coming soon is a big part of his listing pitch. And every decent agent in the Bay Area uses coming soon private networks, in-house buyer, whatever, as a way to get listings. They all do it. But they've always been doing that. It's like every agent since the uh, you dawn know, of man is saying, I don't, I've I don't got know the buyers. And if it, brokers if has got the buyers. If it is true, fine. They, 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 they've been saying that for if everything. It is and that's, true. That you could just call that coming. It's, it's, a, it's a renaming okay. of, well, then, we got the most buyers, right? Well, then you know what, Greg? Here's the thing. If that's the case, then Danae Evans or her council of MLS needs to redo their freaking tagline. The MLS is not what makes the market work. The MLS is a dumping ground for properties that couldn't sell. That's what it means, right? That's what it means. Well, I mean, again, it's Either like- Either the MLS is the market is a, or it's not, right? It is but the market. But it's not if it's only the place where the properties you couldn't- you're ta- Again, you're, you know, we're, we're in, a, in, in a certain period of time right now where this marketing technique is working, right? It's the equivalent. I'm trying to think of an okay, analogy so of what like, you're saying is, you know, hey, you're, you're, you're saying, you're, yeah, hold right. on, hold on. You're saying that, you know what, I'm going to like, uh, I'm going to make sure I got my snowmobile on the lawn. What? Right. All, you know, because, you know, it, it, well, say, saying like, you think you're going to drive your snowmobile all year because it's snowing now. I mean, I'm just saying this is a temporary thing. It's temporary. lasted longer than I think anybody's expected. Right, as far as you know, how low the uh-huh. inventory is, and by that nature, um, listings are very, very hard to come by, and therefore they're coveted and they'll be hidden more. But once once that market uh-huh. shifts, you don't want to base everything on a certain point of time that we're having right now. That you think that okay, because it's happening this way now, this is the way it's going to go forever. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> so let me get this straight. If I'm going to rephrase what you just said, what you're essentially saying is DMLS is the market. Only in a buyer's market. No, 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 no. I mean, I think that there's always been the case that if a hot property gets to market, the person with the most buyers is going to win anyway, right? Whether you want to call that coming soon, pocket listings or whatnot, right? No, and that's I, been, I don't, I don't whether agree. it's not, you can, hold on, you can argue, you can argue whether it was a systematic approach that brokers <clears throat> took or not, you know, and, and, and what is systematic? Is that at every Tuesday morning meeting or is there an email that went out and said, hey, you know, Darla's got a, a listing that's about to hit the MLS, but if there's anybody here that knows anybody when they're buyers, please give her a heads up, right? So, I mean, what other systems, how systematic you can be and those kind of things? That's well, been happening so forever, as it man. Happens, that's been as happening it happens, for a long I wrote time. another 5,000 words or so on this, you know, under my uh, subscription-only site uh, section called the MLS and coming soon, a way forward, because it's time that we engage on this, right? You could phrase it however you want, but basically what you're saying is, Temporarily, because we're in a hot seller's market, the MLS is going to be number two. Okay, well, if that's the case, then again, hey, Danae Evans, you should maybe tagline maybe. the MLS. Hey, the MLS is the market when the market sucks. Okay, I mean, if that's what the MLS wants to be, then go be it. 
I don't have well, a problem. It's not, it's not a matter of market sucking. The market is the market. It goes up and down, right? I mean, those listings are still going to end yes. up on the MLS. No, they're not going to end up on the MLS. For, is my point. Still, they end up on the MLS with zero days on market sold? because the deal has already been made. Sold? That's not the market. But listen, no, it is the market because what you're going to take from that aggregation of data is now, okay, I have sold informa- more okay. sold information. I can therefore price properties, okay. everything else. It's not just like selling that's things. Not the market. I mean, you need a lot of data to make a market. If you don't Greg, have all the data you can get, Greg, you're that's not like make saying a Yahoo Finance is the stock exchange. It's not. I mean, they have data on what happened in the market, but that's not the market. That's not where people go to buy and sell houses. Or buy and sell stock, right? So same thing. If MLS could have well, sold data, to, to be sure, to be clear, I think that's that not the, the phrase they use is "we make the market okay. work," right? We make the market work. That's the CMLS tagline. Yeah. You know, yeah. tagline. They're not saying we are the market, right? We make the market work. And in that context, what I'm saying is true. <laughs> I guess. So basically, your point is that the MLS is just an information source to make the real market. Cooperation, compensation, oh right? Okay. I mean, all that stuff. Fine. I mean, if it's a pocket Fine. listing, all those things still come into maybe, play, maybe don't not. they? Maybe, maybe not. Fine. Well, then so, they're not. So, I mean, let's, so let's yeah. agree. Let's try. Let's see if we can find some agreement here. The agreement then seems to be if the MLS is not the market, was never the market, okay, it's just a. A data store. Again, if you, you you keep going on right. there, right? So I mean, if, you're misquoting. You're misquoting what the the actual quote. No, but was, so then what, what are the you saying? Because what, what you're saying is, in a hot sellers market, of course, these things have always happened, and pocket listings and coming soon. This has always happened. But in a once things flip and it becomes a buyer's market, then everyone puts it into the MLS. That that's basically what you said, right? No, it's going to end up in the MLS either way, man. Dude, my point is if it ends up in the MLS and the buyer and seller are already determined, that's not the market. That's not even making the market work. The true market is wherever the buyer and the seller and the buying agent, selling agent. It facilitates cooperation and compensation. Do they, I mean, what, that's really hard? You think, I mean, again, commercial real estate has been making it work for 100 years with no MLS. So look, I mean, fact is what I put out there, and I think this is actually in a way what I want to see coming out of Inman. I want to see that conversation. Because maybe wait, hold on, hold on. The death of the MLS. What an original panel that I know. Imagine, right? <laughs> We've only done that. How many, how many death of MLS panels have they but had? It's, it's since not even a death of the MLS thing. Because one of my questions that I've been having over the last few years, honestly, is whether brokerages even want the MLS anymore. They say they do, and then they act as if they don't. So I'm like, you know, when I look at the actions of brokerages, I'm not convinced that they even want the MLS. And maybe it's because of the function of the market, because it's a hot seller's market, blah, 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 low inventory, yes, and this and that and the other thing. Okay, fine. So you only want the MLS when it's enormous amounts of inventory and low buyers? Okay, then say that. Then let's let's at least understand that. So then we can actually look at the 650 MLSs that we have in the country and decide whether we need them or not. The way I look at it, nobody thinks in these terms, right? Only you know, folks like you and me think at these like high level strategic theoretic <laughs> levels. Everyone's just doing it like you know, day to day. Hey, you know, if I do it as a coming soon, I could get you know better listing presentation. So it, it is what it is. But at the same time, I mean, I feel like I suppose you know the role of people like you and me is to look at that and go, okay, well that has consequences, and here are the consequences. And if that's the case, let's have that discussion and openly walk into that world knowing that that's what we want. And if that's not what we want, then let's actually talk about that. If the MLS does not want to be the dumping ground for the unwanted properties, then the MLS should do something about it. 
if they don't care because the MLS is a brokerage cooperative, if the brokers come together and say, we don't need that anymore in the 21st century, we've got you know all this technology, we have Zillow, we have Redfin, we have all this stuff, we don't really need the MLS like we used to in the 1970s, fine. Then decide that. Let's actually have that conversation be explicit. That's my point behind all this. And that's why I went off on Real Scout and all this because it's not even about Real Scout. It actually is about brokerages and whether they really want the MLS or not. And if they don't, then don't have it. Like from my standpoint, well, there's got to be a reason they're doing it. The well, then there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reasons they're doing it. I, I think Fine. again, what I think is this it? is all just right. What is it? Let's make it explicit. Rebranding, right? What is it? If you're compensated, well, why do you put stuff into the MLS? I mean, let's have that conversation. Cooperation and compensation. Okay, then let's have that conversation. Right? I mean, I think over time you can look at. There's been MLS organizations yeah. out there that have been where either one or two brokerages have controlled most of the inventory, right? You know, one, one comes to mind, I think, you know, mm-hmm. Northwest MLS and NWMLS back yeah. more back in the day when it was just really Windermere and really yeah. John L. Scott. I mean, so if you look at it that way, I mean, and let's, you know, you can look at the compass situation you have in the Bay Area. But back then, if Windermere had 25% of the market, and John L. Scott had, you know, 25% of the market. Why did that MLS survive? There had to be a reason, right? And I, I think if you look I, around there, I, again, everything Greg, old is everything old is new again to me. Greg, do I have to do I have to do I have to be the one pointing out the Northwest MLS, which is broker owned by these dominant brokers, was one of the first to utterly ban coming soon? Well, again, what I'm doing now is I, I just pull that out of my hat, but there's got to be other MLSs right. where that's fine. they've been large I, brokerages that yeah. control a big chunk of the market that still participate that's right, in right. doing that. That's my point. My point is, given the example of Northwest MLS, if the brokerages want to have coming soon and be that be the program, be that be the default, and then have the MLS be where the properties with hair on it end up, fine. I mean, the brokerages are the, the MLS are cooperative brokerages, and then do that, then be that. But then let's not pretend like the MLS is the market or it's really important or whatever. It, it, the MLS is only important as a dumping ground for the stuff you couldn't sell on your own. Fine. Then let's have that conversation is my point. If that's not what you want as brokerages, then you know what? You all might need to take a look at what you're doing at a programmatic, systematic level. Where the coming soon is not just something that's rare and, and reserved, but it's the default. That's all I'm saying. I'm, so my point is the conversation that needs to happen at Inman. So, you know, like you said, Brad Inman likes to set the stage. I saw a post from him on Facebook saying, we're going to have really tough conversations and no bullshit. And I'm going to, okay, Brad, when you have Robert Refkin on stage, the questions you need to ask him are along these lines. Do you see the MLS as a primary marketplace for Compass, or is it the secondary place where you dump the stuff you couldn't do from coming soon? And going back to that a little bit, this dumping ground a little bit, right? So there are premium properties, right, that that hit all the boxes, and there are some, you know, middle properties, and there's some, you know, low properties, right? I mean, the agent a lot of times doesn't really get to choose what comes up for sale. No, today, Right. right? You know, it's not just that. It's the properties that they couldn't sell or have hair on it. I mean, by right. nature, there always are going to be those properties, right? It's right, not that right. that's a that's not that that's a bad thing. That's just no, a hold on a second, that's Greg. just a thing. Great, but think forward to where every brokerage does a two to four will be coming soon. 
to see if they could yeah, sell but, the property first without hitting the MLS. Right. So, okay, and let's, the MLS. Let's, At that point, the yeah, MLS doesn't yeah, have any premium properties. Now that's a whole other discussion, right? But that's because what the if I'm a brokerage, well, it's not dumping. I mean, the question the broker has to ask themselves is like, okay, I've got this nice little property. It's a little bit, you know, quirky, right? Yeah. And it's here on this, it's on, on this street. On this busy street. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask a hundred people in my brokerage, hey, does anybody have this? Yeah. Or I can put it on my MLS where 90,000 people can look and that's see right. if they want it, right? That's right. I mean, it's not, that's not like a dumping ground. Uh, right. That's. No, I mean, is. that's that's exposing the property to more people to to, age, no, to agents that might have their own buyers. But it is the dumping ground if you have a programmatic it's a, it's, it's a, system where every property goes to the coming soon, and if it doesn't sell within two weeks, then we put in the MLS. Yeah. I, I, again, I'll go back to. I think that's been happening forever. I think brokerages always try to sell their own listings. How maybe software has made that more efficient. But okay. I think that's been happening forever. Okay. Well, then you know we then all that says to me is that for the last I don't know two to three decades we've been suffering under a severe mischaracterization and misperception of what the MLS is. <laughs> if that's the case, then fine. Let's <laughs> let's do that. Let's get together at Inman. Let's have, and have some wide ranging, you know, deep conversations and decide. You know what? Hey, this has always been the way it is, and the brokers are always going to reserve the gems and the premium properties for themselves. So sell it in house or with you know a network of you know, they're close friends and buddies. And then when we can't do it with that, then we're going to expose it to the 90,000 people in the MLS. That's fine. Then let's have that conversation and let's have the MLS understand that that's their role. And then the leadership of the MLS and the rules of the MLS and all of that should reflect that reality. What I don't want to see is this hypocritical bullshit we've got going on. On the one hand, the MLS is uh, where all the properties are and it's really benefiting you know, the public because you know, one place where you could see all the inventory. But really, on the other hand, we have this like, entire system and procedure and process and programs of coming soon. But if, so if you really want the great properties, you better sign up with all the brokers that have those. Like, it, the two can't coexist. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one or the other. I think every MLS has some sort of coming soon soon policy and it, it is absolutely smart for Maybe. everybody to kind of no it's absolutely smart wait let me finish yeah. it's absolutely smart for all of them to review right what those policies are yeah. and yes and 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 see what it yeah. is right so yes. and, and that's and see what if it matches that's the conversation and you know what if real scout sparked that conversation great you <laughs> know great that's how i look at it cuz I, I frankly man like i feel like the industry is going to survive you know, we'll be fine if the MLS, you know, becomes the dumping ground. Then the MLS is dumping ground. If the MLS is not, the MLS is not. He keeps thinking dumping it, it really ground. It's just, it's just like it's a, it's just you know? it's an inventory of homes. It's not a dumping ground. Some are good. Some are not. Some are overpriced. Some are underpriced. I mean, you know, it's a database. Right. All, I mean, right. uh, from, all, the way you're looking at it. All I can it. tell you in response to that is talk to some commercial practitioners. That's all I can say. Right, because in commercial real but, but estate, the, but the commercial, the commercial real estate and residential, the residential real estate thing has been happening for eons. Right, they've been their way. We've been in, in, in residential another way. The difference between the two is that we have Hold the MLS. On. No, I know, but I, that, I'm saying the, the the conversations of they don't have an MLS and we have an MLS. That conversation has been going on for decades. Right, and the commercial more than decades. Right. The commercial practitioners have decided we don't want the MLS. We like the system we have. And the residential decided that we have. We do. And, and my point is, in the last few years, the residential is moving more and more towards the commercial mold. 
by doing the systematic coming soons and pocket listings and top agent networks. And all I'm saying is that's fine. Right. Then let's become commercial real estate, right? And get rid of the MLS. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it, it could be a market. I mean, it, it, currently it is a market by market thing, right? New York is more commercial, right? Well, I mean, you, what do you mean New York is more commercial? You know, they, they don't really have an MLS. It's all broker based, right? That's right. Yeah. They are yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So, and, so yeah. okay. Let's say that. So that happens in, in the current place that we're at right yeah. now. Maybe San Francisco by this compass thing and would make sense. They're, you know, a, a city like New York, a big city like New York in a sense. Maybe they're more going towards maybe a commercial type of broker maybe. model. And hey, that's okay that's because okay. other people do it other way. Yeah. This is not a fucking um you know, declaration on the end of MLS because some markets moving in a certain direction and saying, well, the MLS sucks. Maybe, maybe not having an MLS in some markets like fucking New York makes sense. Maybe. Right. That's not, that shouldn't be just some sort of like baby out with the bathwater, well, um, you know, dismissal of the, of the uh, MLS, I'm man. Out. Wait a minute. No, I see that's, you're, 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 you're making sense all the way up to that point. Because if you're <laughs> well, saying, I'm okay, well, you're, you're, like New York you're, City doesn't have, hold on, doesn't have an MLS because the brokers can do it that way. Okay, so maybe some markets don't need the MLS. Okay, I'm I'm with you so far. And your point is maybe San Francisco, just to use them as an example, Compass with its dominant market share, and then the other brokerages in the San Francisco area decide we're going to do the exact same thing. Then they become New York, and then what do you need an MLS for? Right. Yeah. New York doesn't have one. Well, They're functioning. New York does. Why does San Francisco? New need York an MLS? doesn't have one. So I mean, sure, that that could happen. I know. So but why? But, is but you're saying one? you're conflating all this stuff to me. And like, hold on. No, 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 no. Answer my question. If if San Francisco brokers act exactly like New York City brokers, why does San Francisco need an MLS? Well, if they're behaving exactly like New York brokers, exactly then like New York. by definition, they don't need an MLS because they're they're doing point, it exactly. right. But I'm. My, That's my. Here's my point. point. My point right. is that you're. No, hold on. So before, before you make a point, that's my point exactly, and I'm, I think we're in agreement there. If San Francisco brokers act just like New York brokers, then San Francisco does not need an MLS. This is something that Wapakowski and the people of SFAR should be having a discussion about right the fuck now. Because if they don't need an MLS, they should probably try to look at saving a ton of money for their members, ton of money for the brokers and agents in that market, and decide to just move to the New York model like consciously. I'm sure they're having discussions about that, right? I mean, I hope of are. course, the MLS is having conversations of how not to make that happen. I'm, I hope that they, they are, right? <laughs> but do you see why this is the most interesting conversation that could be had? Well, no, but let me go to my back to my point, yeah. right? All I'm saying is that it sounds like you're conflating maybe a market like San Francisco going to more of a New York model as MLSs are no longer relevant. Right, they're not the market. They're not. I mean, <laughs> we have a place said. right now. We're at a place right now in the United States where yeah. some markets have MLSs and some right. do not. Okay, that doesn't no, mean the fucking death of the MLS, MLS, bro. One, Greg, in the entire United States, only one market does not have an MLS. No, I think I think it's more than that. I think it's more than that. Uh, name a few, because uh, I'm not I'm not aware of any market other than New York City which does not have an MLS. And oh, by the way, New York City, Hudson Gateway is trying really hard to create a New York MLS. Yeah. yeah. So in the light of all of that, my point is exactly what you're saying. If the brokers start acting like New York City brokers, they don't need an MLS. 
That's a conversation and so, and, that should happen in a market. And, market and you know what? That's happened already in one in, in one geographical area. And that doesn't mean the whole fucking structure of MLS gets shut down, dude. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is that people like it when we fight. So <laughs> 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 this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, is that I'm not actually sure who's right here. So <laughs> I guess that's, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Hey man, Maybe. you you went to you went to Yale. I went to Devry. Okay, so I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, I don't know what the fuck, right? <laughs> All right, so um, we're about forty minutes. Oh my God. There's we can talk about anything for like forty minutes, can't we? <laughs> this is the pre-inman thing. Is that the topic you want to talk you know, about? So, these so, other so, things, or what do you want to do? In, in the spirit of fighting, you know, I, if we have to go a little long, we'll go a little long because you know it's our audience, right? Yeah. In the spirit of fighting, I know we in the pre-show we were chatting a little bit about Redfin and Open Door. Oh yeah, no. Let's yeah. go here. And baby. you're saying this, this is, is a good awesome. thing. I, I want to hear your. Okay, let, let, hold on, hold on. Why don't you just recap? Okay, about this was yesterday. I think it was announced, and I saw it at, like while waiting for my flight at the airport. Redfin and Open Door announced a partnership in which Redfin is going to start soliciting homeowners to submit a request for an Open Door bid on their home. I think that's the way it's working, right? If they do that, I guess, you know, there's like three ways, you know, uh, the homeowner could either list it with a Redfin agent or get an open door offer or have the Redfin agent assist them with the open door offers. Yeah, there's several right. com- Redfin, several ways of getting right. agent and Redfin either gets yeah. a listing lead or they get a referral payment from open door, but then open door gets access to a lot more properties. So that's what was announced. Okay. And a little, little bit, a little bit extra, open yeah. door also gets, they didn't really go in the article directly what this is, but also special marketing for That's those right. open door listings that they put on there, that open door That's puts right. on the red pin. Yeah. That's right. And then potentially, because they touched on it, but they didn't specify whether it's going to happen, that open door might use Redfin agents to sell their homes, like once they've acquired yeah, it. Yeah. 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 yeah that, so, yeah. you know, that might be the partnership. Who knows? You think this is a good thing? I think it's fucking genius. Yeah. Okay. Tell me why. Well, again, and we've talked about this in the podcast. I've written about this before. To me, the war between Open Door and Zillow is one about lead flow versus workflow, right? Okay. Obviously, Zillow's winning on the lead flow front, right? Where they, I mean, people just go to Zillow and that's a natural thing for them to do. And then for them to see, hey, they're going to make an offer in my home. I'm going to go for it, right? Yeah. Um, now, what they're not good at, or they have actually been getting better at, I, I should say, is the workflow. And the workflow is buying and selling houses. Right, and that's a tough thing to do. Okay. Open Door has been doing that for, you know, four to Since five years now. So, so yeah. to me, advantage Zillow on lead flow, advantage workflow for Open Door. Right. So, okay. I think that the way I phrase this is: there's a famous quote from uh, one of the marketing guys over at Netflix was, Netflix had to become HBO faster than HBO could become Netflix. Right. Right. And that was their kind of overall strategy, which they've, you know, executed brilliantly, right? Right. To me, open store strategy is that, you know, they get they they've gotta they've gotta like, you know, get more leads, right? Okay. But they don't have the site like open door. They don't have the site like Zillow. They don't have that kind of thing. So they're taking as as uh, Ben Thompson wrote this morning, a more modular approach, right? Where right. they're partnering with uh, a portal 
that's going to give them special marketing rights. Right. So that's going to help them out in the workflow area where they, you know, the, the, the whole process of buying and selling homes, right? Along with the lead flow okay. where they're going to be able to put their get an offer now button on a, a shit ton of listings on Redfin, right? And on the, on the Redfin side, it makes sense for them because I've always thought that Kelman, Glenn Kelman, the, you know, GFK as I call him, I don't know how into Redfin now is, which is their own kind of eye buying or instant offer type of program, right? Okay. It's very capital intensive. It's a lot of money, you know, in a sense, they want, you know, people to get, you know, the most they can for their house, right? So I thought they kind of just dipped their toe in that kind of with Redfin now. Mm -hmm. Now they have a partner. And they've been slow to roll out. Well, the, the two markets they announced, Atlanta and Phoenix, were places that they weren't even offering Redfin now in. So it's a win in there. They can, And what that does also is it helps Redfin attract people. It's like a lead generator because right there at that page they showed right. a, a, an example there is like – you know, use a Redfin agent to kind of show you this house because, you know, this is something that Open Door doesn't do. They have the kind of like a lockbox or the Bluetooth thing, right? Okay. So I look at this both thing as like a simpatico thing that helps Redfin out in some of the things that they're missing. It helps Open Door out with some that are missing. And it really helps them out on kind of catching up or trying to kind of close this gap. I, you know, I don't know if anybody could catch up with Zillow on the lead flow, but at least close that gap with Zillow. And I think in the future, this modular approach that that open doors, they're going to get the leads from here and here and here. And then by the time they're done with making all these kind of partnerships, they're really going to make a dent in that, right? So I think this is just fucking, I think it's brilliant. The only thing I would say is that that I think Redfin has to watch out for more because they're kind of entrenched in these previous business models that they have is what happened with Redfin Direct, mm -hmm. where you know they lost a partnership with Remax because they had a lot of agents kind of kick back on that. I don't really see anything like that with any of the other partnerships that Redfin has now. Okay. Maybe just an overall vibe on that, but we'll see. So again, and here's the other, the overall arc of this to me is like, I think this is really the first, and I know Redfin is a different type of brokerage, but I think this is the first time we've seen kind of a mainstream kind of organized real estate really embrace kind of the i-buying concept, okay. right? Again, I'm really curious to see what okay. you're kind of saying here, what conspiracy allow theory you're going to come up with. Um, of, <laughs> <laughs> allow me to retort. Allow me to retort. But I think it's brilliant. Okay. So that's that's my So take. what's funny is that literally before we got on this podcast, I just posted up another VIP subscriber-only post that's literally called – here's a title. Yeah, I didn't get a chance yeah. to read it. Did Redfin Just Surrender? Basically, my okay. take on it is I can't see how this is good for Redfin. Maybe it's good for Open Door, but this is sort of disastrous for Redfin as far as I'm concerned. In that context, let me read you a quote, okay? And then we can go from there. This is from the Q2 2018 earnings call. Glenn Kelman, okay? This is what he said 2018, so a year ago, okay? This is what Glenn Kelman wow. said okay. at that time. No, you're quoting you're quoting a, something from a technology That's right. company a year ago. That's right, in the ago. Q2 earnings call, okay? Because okay. you said, well, I don't know if GFK okay. really had, you know, it was just kind of dipping the toe in Redfin now. But here's what he said. In committing to Redfin now long-term, we eyed our competitors warily as many are well-run, some are willing to take risks we aren't, and seemingly all of them are well-funded. But we decided we can win because we believe nobody is better at selling homes than we are, 
We believe that nobody in real estate is better at combining local service and technology. And then he continues and says, newer entrants don't have the online audience we do, and pure websites, aka Zillow, don't have as much operational expertise. We believe few companies have our spending discipline, and so on and so forth. Okay. So my point is, right, at hold least on, hold a on. year ago. Can I, can I just comment on that real quick? Yes. Do you think that the iBuying landscape is the same, very different, or extremely different in the space than it was a year ago now? I think it's way different. I would different argue very, very different. But what's okay. different about it is So you're, you're quoting something a year ago. That's right. Which you're, exactly. So you're quoting something from Glenn. No, okay, because yeah. you're making my fucking yeah. point here. I want to point something out So you're out quoting here. something from – hold on. I haven't finished okay. yet. You're quoting okay. something from a year ago when you already have admitted that the market is so different from now, yet you're going to hold that quote from a year ago to something – to a market now. There's so wholly different than it was because of of the entrance yes. of, of whatever yes. uh, of Zillow into it, right? Yeah, and, and you're going to hold him to it, like you said that, you know. Yes. Um, you said that. I mean, you know, physical keyboards on a phone are the way to go. Yes, right. No, here's the thing: what's changed between last year and now? Zillow. That's right. That's the only thing that's changed. Is that Zillow has come in like big? I don't time. know if it's the only thing. I mean, I think this iBuyer stuff has gotten a lot more legs in the last year, and not just because of Zillow. Because of Zillow. <laughs> I, I think because of Zillow. I mean, you, you, it's not like Open Door has been doing nothing here, man. I mean, there's, they, other, they there's been, offer pad. Like there's there's been a right. ton. Every every time right, I open up I'm a fucking, saying, I'm saying between last year and now, the only thing that has really substantially changed in the iBuying marketplace and the whole landscape is Zillow said we are in this business and we're in it to win it. That's what's changed. But in Q2, when he made that statement, because he references pure websites don't have as much operational expertise, Zillow offers was already out there, man. They were already starting to make noise last year. So yeah, I'm going to hold them accountable to this because here's why. Think about what you just said about Open Door, okay? That is the lead flow versus workflow. That Open Door has a disadvantage compared to Zillow when it comes to lead flow, but they have an advantage in terms of workflow. That's what you said. Yeah, and and you could argue that this Redfin partnership is adding to that advantage on the workflow. Adding to the lead flow. Here's my question. And Prior workflow. to this partnership. Did Redfin have an operational workflow advantage over Open Door? Because Glenn sure seemed like he believed that they did. Yes. Because they have 10 plus years experience buying and selling homes. Yeah. Right? They have a couple thousand agents who are W2 employees with access to the best technology that yeah. the industry has to offer. Yeah. If anybody had a workflow advantage over Zillow, it was Redfin, not Open Door. Absolutely. And now Redfin's going to give up on that? They're not giving up on that. It's not like they're not. No. How do you figure? I mean, you they read just the article, right? Partnership with Open Door, right? So think about it. you. You mentioned Atlanta and Phoenix, okay? So now, obviously, neither of us are privy to the terms of the partnership agreement or anything like that. But let me ask you this: Do you think it's possible that Open Door did a deal with Redfin that said, "Hey, Redfin, when you guys get ready to stand up a Redfin operation in Phoenix, we're we're cool with being cut out." There's no way they did that, right? So right. to the extent where Open Door is active in that market, the leads, the inquiries, the buttons that's going to appear in Redfin will be for Open Door. Can we agree on that? Well, again, they didn't really go into that because I'm sure there's there's I know Redfin Now buttons out there also, right? I know. But but my point is, just think of it as a rational business person. 
I'm going to do a deal with Redfin. But, I, you know, is, is it just a short term? Hey, until you guys are ready to set up your own operation, compete against us directly, we're going to service that. But the minute you tell us, hey, you know what, we're going to stand up a Redfin now in Phoenix. So guess what? Your Phoenix stuff is not going to get exposure on Redfin anymore. Like there's no way Open Door signs that deal, right? So that being the case, the way I look at it is in every market where Open Door is today, Redfin has essentially agreed to concede that market to Open Door. Otherwise, that deal does not get made. So right. let's look well, at those Redfin, those Open Door markets. Atlanta, Austin, Charlotte, Dallas, Fort Worth, Denver, Houston, Jacksonville, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Nashville. Orlando, Phoenix, Portland, Raleigh, Durham, Riverside, Sacramento, San Antonio, Tampa, Tucson. Redfin cannot have an eye buying operation in any of those 20 cities as long as this partnership is in place. By the way, Open Doors already announced they're going to expand to 50 markets, which is why they raised 400 million from uh, SoftBank and another 325 million from a previous fundraise. Open Doors said our goal is to be in 50 markets by 2020. So Redfin, under this partnership, to me, They've conceded eye-buying activity in 50 markets. That's not giving up, then what is? Where is Redfin now going to be active? Orange County? Like Seattle? Like the places where it's really difficult for iBuyers to get into? Like, so in my article, I like New England fishing villages with 300-year homes? Like where is Redfin now actually going to be in the iBuying business? And the answer is none. As far as I'm concerned, like they're going to be minor players in markets that Open Door doesn't want to be in. Dude, that is a giant concession for Redfin. I don't know how that's positive. Yeah, I, 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 I could tell you how it's positive. Just okay. tell me when you're done. I'm done. Okay. So <laughs> people love it when we fight. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up here, man. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Here, here's how I look at it. Okay. When I hear Rich Barton talk, and I think Errol said this before, when they talk about Zillow offers and the way Zillow offers works is yeah. that you know they're they're not only presented with a CMA, but they're also presented with the offer. Okay. Right. And the quote from Zillow is always the vast, overwhelming me, the biggest, most people, you know, yeah. nine out of ten take the CMA. That's right. They want a list. They want a list, okay? So here again, what you're saying to me even makes this thing even more fucking brilliant. Because as I said, I don't think GFK really wants to be in this capital-intensive Redfin Now business, right? Right. If he can offload that to Open Door, right, where one out of 10 listings, and he may even get paid on that motherfucker, are going to go to Open Door, right? Right. And he gets to fucking handle the other nine Boom, baby. And this is even more brilliant than I thought it was, right? He doesn't have any of the fucking headache of of getting into debt and all those kind of things. He just made another lead generation machine for all his Redfin agents. And again, it's not even going to cost him the one because if they're smart, they're probably going to get a a functional. And then then the other side of that is that by the special marketing they're doing on Redfin – they might even have a shot at like, okay, maybe they lost the listing, but they can sell the goddamn thing. Sure. I mean, so what you just went all the way through has just made me think of this other thing of why this thing is so smart. Right. right. So basically what you're saying is that Redfin has chosen the old model, which is brokerage. Well, no, the old, their current model, dude. Not the I old don't. model, their current model. 
I know, but the future is going to be an institutional real estate, and iBuyer is going to figure in really it's part, big on it's that. It's part of the future. It's not the full future. I mean, we we disagree also on on what what we the do. percentage of the iBuyer market is going to be. That's I think right. it's less than twenty five percent. You think it's like sixty or whatever percent, right? We so, have the deal, right? I think either I'm buying you dinner or you're buying me dinner. Yeah, I, I think we have that bet between the two of us. I know I have it with Dwiggins. Uh, yeah. I can't remember who else I have it with, but uh, all right. I, so if that's your point, then I guess you could see it as brilliant. I see it as this is really bad news on so many levels. More talking to you, man. I think these motherfuckers are smart, both of them. Okay. Like I said, I mean, I've, I've, ri- I've put my thoughts in writing. So, you know, the VIP audience tends to be a lot smarter than even my general audience. And my general audience is definitely smarter than the average sort of real estate, you know, person out there. So <laughs> I, I think I'm going to get a lot of pushback and maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong though, because there's another aspect to this. And it's, it's not something that people have really pointed out. But what this says is Redfin has conceded the workflow advantage, this whole we're better at buying and selling homes than anybody else. And essentially what you're saying is they've said, we're actually not better at buying and selling homes than anybody else. Open Door is better than we are. We're, we're much better at listing and you know sort of typical traditional brokerage activity. The issue I have with that is if I'm a seller – and by the way, I don't believe I, that's what they're saying. But I mean, I, just for your point. What else ahead. are they saying? Saying we're, we're conceding iBuying. So are they saying we don't have capital, but Open Door does? When I think about it, I just can't understand why Redfin would go down this path. They have the traffic. They have the workflow advantage, or at least Glenn said that they had a workflow advantage over everybody else in real estate. So this, this partnership, what it says to me is, actually, we don't want to be in this business. Why don't you want to be in this business? Is it a matter of money? Is it that it's not profitable? Like, what is it? I mean, as I said in the beginning, I think that there is a philosophical thing that Kelman has kind of against these types of things. I think he wants people to list and get the most for their home. I think that's part of it. I know he's publicly saying, well, there's going to be search, but I don't think he's ever fully bought into it, right? And then there is is this thing of like the capital- well, it's fucking cute. Again, it's a year ago, man. That the dynamics Correct. have changed, right? Right. And, it's, and it's what's a lot more money? Appear. Right. What's changed? Zillow's appear. So what? This is the only possible interpretation. Glenn in two thousand eight. The only possible interpretation. Only possible. The only. I've given you different <laughs> interpretations. Uh, no, it's possible. Me, no. no, this is the only possible interpretation of of how this went down. This went down where in June of uh, or even Q two of two thousand eighteen. Glenn's like, we're going to make a long-term commitment to Redfin now because this is a big thing where we have a huge advantage over everybody else in the marketplace. Zillow really starts to ramp up Zillow offers and homes and hires, you know, uh, Eric Prower and his whole team from invitation. And then Spencer steps down and, you know, Rich Barton comes back in and he's now saying, we can't beat Zillow. That's basically what this says to me. We cannot beat Zillow. I don't think he ever made the point that he was going to beat Zillow on iBuying. Uh, I think this I was going to be a supplement I of his business. And I quote, your websites don't have as much operational. No, but that doesn't mean I'm going to beat Zillow. That means that, you know, for his customers, he's going to have an advantage. I don't think he ever came out and saying, we're going to be the <laughs> iBuyer dominant person. Pure websites don't have as much operational expertise. That means we're going to beat Zillow. Yeah, that's a big extrapolation. That. It's a big no, no, extrapolation. He thought, that. he thought that last year. Okay, one year ago he thought that. Now I think this is basically saying we can't beat Zillow. 
and we don't want to bother with capital intensive. First of all, I don't think he's saying that. And and, and second of all, I don't think saying that I can't beat Zillow doesn't mean you're the dumbest person in the world. Of course. I mean, it's, it would be very difficult to beat Zillow. What I laugh at is the guys that say they're going to beat Zillow. And I never thought in my head, I I I never, I mean, you're saying this now, but I don't think I've ever heard or seen, and I've seen Glenn speak many times of him pouting the chance that we're going to beat Zillow. That guy is not wired that way. He would never say something like that, dude. Are you saying, Uh, are you saying right now that Glenn Kelman, and you've seen him, you've talked to him, I'm sure you're saying that his premise, like the last year has been, I'm, we're going to beat Zillow. No, no. Uh, like no, I said, no. I don't know how else to interpret pure websites don't no, have I as mean, much just operation answer, expertise. Forget, forget the, forget the year a ago on a, on a yeah, call. I, 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 I mean, I is that, is that, is, do you read anywhere, uh, do you read anywhere on no. Inman or anywhere else where Glenn Kelman has come out and saying, we're going to beat Zillow? Never. Dude, so so if you, if you want to take I, one I'll, one I'll, fucking I'll, three sentences out of some call a year ago and then conflate that to your you know conspiracy, dude, it's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. Like he said this numerous times. So yeah, I think I think Glenn Kelman believes that he can beat Zello. I think Glenn Kelman is incredibly smart. I think he's incredibly competitive, and I think he's incredibly ambitious. Like. I mean, it's like a basketball team saying they're going to beat a baseball team. I don't think GFK is the type of guy who's going to work his ass off and, you know, couch surf and and do all that and be CEO of Redfin if he doesn't think that he could beat Zillow. You know, like he's not he's not the kind of personality to go, I'm totally happy to be number two. Like that's not his personality. So, yeah, no, I think he can definitely he definitely believes in the long run he can beat Zillow. That he's got expertise and he's got local presence. He's got W two agents. He has technology. He's you know. If you're trying to beat model, Zillow, would you do business with him? So what's changed? Question. So oh, look, we're now at over an hour. So even though I don't mind going long, uh, we should probably do another <laughs> episode. <laughs> All right. No, I've got. I've got uh, I got a lot oh. going on too. So. So what, where are we at? Okay, so I love arguing with you. It is really fun. But I think where we're at is when Inman Week comes along, because I think this is going to get published like next week sometime, right? Yeah. You know, I think you and I will be engaged in a lot of conversations. And me in particular might have a lot of people coming up to you saying, you're smoking crack and you're crazy and this is brilliant. And we'll see. What you else know, is We'll new? see. But I, <laughs> at a minimum, it'll make Inman Week interesting, right? I think yeah. we can say that. It would be great if we could do a couple of uh, like – you know, live interviews with, say, Glenn Kelman. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to bring my audio equipment there for sure. So yeah. I'm looking forward hey, to Hey, Glenn, if you're going to be at Inman, you got some time for us. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, man. This is great. So, uh, this is great. hey, uh, thanks to our audience for listening to an extra special long uh, edition of this. But uh, Greg and I got carried, kind of carried away, which I, I think is good. <laughs> we hope to see many of you uh, in Las Vegas. Come up and say hello. And uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Yeah, what do thanks, they have to guys. do if they want to support us? Well, if they uh, want to support us, they can go to uh, your blog and sign up to, for a VIP account, which would be great. <laughs> and uh, that'll be supporting me. Yeah, and and for me, I uh, I, you know, keep buying cloud CMA. I guess I don't know. That's right. <laughs> and listen, they could also um, go to iTunes and uh, Greg, the Google Play Store, and uh, give us five stars. 
Yeah, give us five stars. Go give us good rating. Write the rating. That that helps us right. out a lot. And then That's listen, right. before we win the innovative, most innovative podcast, if you want to call me up and hit me about a sponsorship before prices go up, okay? Please <laughs> call me. Idea. Please call, call me. Greg. Sponsorships right? are available. Sponsorships are available. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Rob. All right. Thanks, Greg. This was great. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, bye guys. Everybody. 